and welcome back to another episode of CQP Moments. As always, I'm your host, the Coupon Queen Pen. Guys, I have a guest today who is full of power, courage, and the right to be unique. I'm talking about none other than Nilufar. So let's take a moment out and I'll be right back with Nilufar. So guys, like I was saying, I have Nilafar Ramani and she is, we've always talked about the year of the woman, the time of the woman, the everything of the woman, but I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell you why I am so excited to have her. So Nilufar, please introduce yourself to my listeners. Thank you so much, uh, Queen Pen, for having me on your podcast today. So uh, my name is Nilofar Rahmani. I am from Afghanistan, and um, I became the first female fixed-wing pilot in my country. Okay, like, if you guys don't understand the amazingness that is happening right now, like, this is so awesome. I, 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 I tell you this, I saw that, and I was like, I have to have her. <laughs> so, yeah. so, okay. One, how, I, it's almost like just how, I mean, okay, you decided, let's start at the beginning. What made you decide that you wanted to join the military or armed forces in your country? There has been so many, so many reasons behind it. So as everybody knows, Afghanistan and nowadays, you know, subject is Afghanistan. And we all know how a woman got treated in Afghanistan. So they don't treat a woman nicely. They respect or treat an animal better than a woman in Afghanistan. And uh, there has been no right given to Afghan women. They just want them to be um, like a housewife, raise a child, and no education, nothing. And um, I was born in the same country, and I was born during the civil war in Afghanistan, when the Taliban was in the country, when there was a civil war. And um, the day I was born, you know, like their building next to our house just got shot and bombed, um, and my mom couldn't go to the hospital. So basically, everybody asked me if I have a birth certificate, I just say I'm a human with no border. So um, I just, you know, like I couldn't even have a birth certificate. And since being a child and growing up as a, a girl in that country, uh, first of all, you know, my mother been ashamed by his laws, by her laws that, um, oh, you give a birth to a girl, this is shame and, you know, all that craziness. And then um, growing up as a child and, you know, seeing a woman how they get treated there's no respect for them there is no right given to them it always broke my heart and become an immigrant and also you know it's just like not be able to go to school I had I didn't have a right to go to school the school got shut down during the Taliban in Afghanistan and no girls could go to school so basically every little girls women's everybody was at home 
So um, my mother actually was the one, you know, teaching us and making us uh, to, you know, just learn something and be educated. And um, the reason for me to do what I have done is, as I mentioned, so many reasons behind it. My father, he is the hero in my life. Um, he, of course, grew up in Afghanistan and he was born in Afghanistan and he always dreamed to be a pilot. But unfortunately, not every country's law is or rules are, if you're intelligent, if you're smart, you can do whatever you want. Like in America, if you wanna go to Mars, you can do it. You just need right, to do, right. do it. So my father couldn't achieve his dreams just because, you know, he didn't have anybody in government and he didn't have a rich family. And he grew up with that dream of not being able to fly and be a pilot. And for me as well, because I was born during the war and all those violence, I was so sick of being, you know, in this world and especially in those countries, I just wanted to be a bird and fly away and, you know, just get away from all these people and violence. So um, slowly growing up, um, you know, coming back to Afghanistan and after being a refugee and when the U.S. came to Afghanistan, looking all that, you know, fighter pilots, fighter jets flying all over Afghanistan sky, it just amazed me. And I just wanted to do it. I guess I just that dream start building up and building up day by day. And um, I guess I couldn't not do it. I just wanted to do it and prove that if they give a right to a woman, they let them to make their dreams come true. It's, it's always possible for them to do it even better than the men. Wow, wow. So, okay, you talk about not having a birth certificate. So how did, without a birth certificate, were you able to join the military? Well, that's a very good question. So even though till now, you know, even in the U.S., people tell me, um, you know, like, proof of birth certificate. And I'm like, I do not have any. So what happened is because when I was born, um, you know, the government, there was like almost no government. There was no offices. There was nothing. So you know, nobody could issue me a birth certificate. Basically, when the Afghanistan was in 2001, a better place, nobody could prove I was born in Afghanistan. Why? Because of that situation that I was born, there was no way I could prove and I get a birth certificate. So um, I, I guess not only me, most of the people that was born uh, you know, during those years, it's acceptable and it's understandable for the people to find out now, okay, so that's a normal thing. So that wasn't exactly an issue for me. So, you know, after the government was uh, created in Afghanistan and everything got a little better, I was able to get a, you know, like a government ID. So based on that, I was able to, you know, uh, join um, the schools and uh, military. Oh, okay. I was like, because I, I was very confused. I was saying, okay, but if she has no documentation, how is that working? Okay. So, okay. You have this dream of being a pilot. You have this, you join the military. How do you go from just being in the military, which is in a feat for a woman in Afghanistan in itself, but to also being the first female pilot on a fixed wing jet. 
it definitely, definitely was a risky, um, you know, situation for me. And I guess I accepted it the day that I decided to join the Air Force. And um, I guess I just went with the flow. It wasn't easy. It has been very difficult. I remember the day that, um, you know, the first day that I graduated from OCS, which is the officer training, and I uh, just found a way to get into the Air Force. Um, you know, there are so many other um, uh, qualification that you have to pass before uh, you want to join the pilot training, a UPT. And then I was actually, you know, just got disqualified by a chief doctor of the Air Force that I was sick. And that was absolutely wrong. So they just didn't want a woman to be there. And I remember every one of them, they were asking me if I have a parent or if I have somebody to support me, why am I here? It's, it's kind of like shame for me or I am not a good person to wear the uniform. And I would just look at them and I'm like, if it is something bad, why do you have the uniform on? You know, it's just something like for them, it's okay. It's just a woman wear the uniform and try to, you know, serve their country. It's a shame and it's dishonoring their family. And I remember um, because he was a powerful man. He was the chief of the doctors and he just told me I have a heart problem and I cannot be a pilot. And I knew that was absolutely wrong. They just wanted to disqualify me so I wouldn't be able to join um, you know, the pilot training. And I just fought my way through and didn't let them win. So I proved them wrong. Wow. So how long did it take you to fight this from you, you know, going to take the medical exam to, you know actually getting approved to fly how how long of a time span was that actually it never been like it never um slowed down it always been a barrier on my way even till i completely became a qualified pilot and you know a flying mission in afghanistan so the only great thing was because U.S., uh, when the U.S. invaded Afghanistan and they came to Afghanistan and after years and years, actually, this was the U.S. decision that they wanted that woman in Afghanistan to get a position. They, uh, they wanted them to be in the military. They wanted them to join the, you know, anything they want, like Air Force, Army, if they wanted to do a desk job, if they wanted to go into Congress. So basically, this was like 99% U.S. decision to let the woman in the military. And, um, you know, because the U.S., of course, um, played a big role in Afghanistan, and Afghan people didn't say no to this uh, matter. And then, um, you know, all that, when they all were against me, they didn't want me to be in their force or fly a plane. Um, I was lucky to have a support of the U.S. behind me to tell them, you know, to prove them wrong that no, she's not sick. Let's do a medical examination on her in a different hospital to see, to, you know, compare which one is right. And then, you know, by proving everything every day, every day, even though, you know, in a pilot training, I had to still prove myself because it didn't matter how good, how well, how smart, you know, I could be, it wasn't still enough for them. They always, always um, were against it and they just didn't want me to be there. So I guess um, 
and never slow down. It always been the same and I had to always fight for it because to keep my position, to keep uh, fighting for what I was fighting. Wow. Wow. So, okay. So you're saying this was more of a U.S. push in Afghanistan to be able to have women in the military, U.S. fighter fighter pilots, and as you also say, um, women in 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 government. For sure. So as I mentioned, U.S. Uh, had a big, big role in Afghanistan, you know, because U.S. financially supported Afghanistan in every way. So um, when they came to Afghanistan, they knew what is going on. They knew for a long time um, the schools were banned for women. They knew like in the military, it's all men. Why? Like any other countries in the world, you can see a name. They have a woman in their military. Or if we look at Congress, there's lots of Congress women in um, you know any other countries uh, political. So when they saw these all these um, you know uh, records that there's almost no woman, they just start opening up um, opportunities for the woman to do well and you know just get out there in the society because they knew. Um, uh, Afghanistan still wasn't ready for it or the men were not going to accept it. And the only way was to just open these opportunities that the families, the girls, that they want to accept the rest and just fight for what they want because they do have the opportunity. Uh, they just let them do it. And of course, uh, not only for me, for any woman in Afghanistan that they you know, took this opportunity a serious thing and they just wanted to make it happen, um, it wasn't easy for them because they didn't have the support of men behind them. Wow, that is, that is serious. That is very, very serious. So when exactly was your first light? I'm sorry, what first your first flight, your first flight. Oh, my first flight. I can't, I can't even like express how amazing it was. You know, actually my first ever, ever flight was the first, first flight that I did uh, in pilot training. So I never flew in the airplane entire my life since I was, you know, uh, when I, since I just joined the pilot training and I start flying. So it was just, I can't even express it something that I have been waiting for it entire my life. And as soon as, you know, the airplanes left off, I just felt like all the stresses, all the struggles that me have been true entire that time in my life, I just left it in the ground. So it was just me free being in the sky, enjoying the beautiful view of Afghanistan and just enjoy every single moment of it because that's what I always dreamed for. And I just wanted to just be up there. And um, I can't ever forget that feeling. It was absolutely amazing. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm getting goosebumps. I'm like, so happy for you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm living it with you. Um, so you do this, you get to do your first practice run. And what made you say, you know what, even though the odds are against me, I'm going to stay as a pilot. Of course, like giving up 
and failure was never in my book. And especially, you know, being the only female in a big environment of the male colleague around me, that all of them are just waiting for you to fail. They're just waiting for you to fail one day. And the only unfortunate part is that they should have been very supportive because I just see it on my view. If I was, there was, you know, 100 women pilot and there was only one male pilot, we all would be, I would be the first one supporting him just because he's the minority there. And that wasn't the case for me. All of them, they just waited for my failure. And, you know, sitting in the classroom, listening to the briefs and flying and everything. And then all of a sudden, um, one of your colleagues tell your instructors like, oh, you wanna give this million dollar airplane to her so she can crash it flying solo. And just before I go fly solo. So it's, absolutely heartbreaking you know to somebody tell you that stuff somebody that they go through the same training as you do and you are at the same class every day almost you see everybody how good everyone is and they tell you that it's really unfortunate but I didn't let any of those words to you know stop me from being successful and try to do what I came here to do and then I just ignored it I guess the only way every day I could have proved every single one of them wrong. It's just to do better and better. And, you know, just take that place for myself, just keep it for myself. And then, you know, just for them is like, okay, if she can fly the same airplane that I do, then as a man, it's a shame for me because if she can do it because she's a woman, so they basically do not see a woman strong. Um, they, they're just a shame of themselves because I could do it. And um, I just didn't let that affect me because if I let that affect me, uh, I guess I would never ever achieve um, my dreams. Wow. That is so awesome. I, I, I seriously am like fangirling out here. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so you do that and you decide that not only are you going to do this, but you are going to write about it. For sure. Because, you know, not only writing about my experience, the struggles that I had to go through because I wanted to make, you know, my dream come true. That's just one part of the uh, story. The other part is there is so many, so many other females in the world, not only Afghanistan, that they want, they dream to do something for their life and be something for, for themselves and feel good about it. But they just um, don't believe on themselves. They just don't think that's something possible. They just think, um, you know, I would never think I would make it uh, happen and lack of confidence and not trusting yourself. So for me, it's so important to write about my story and tell the struggles that me and my family went through during the war, being uh, born as a female in a country that it's the value of a woman is less than an animal. And um, just to still, still achieve my dream. And, you know, with lack of opportunities and not take anything in life for granted, even if I had nothing. 
And I want this, um, you know, most of the girls, even the boys, that they hear me talking about my struggles and still making your dreams come true. Uh, because we all live one time. There, we never know if there is a, sing, a second chance in this world for us to be born again and just make all those dreams that we couldn't make it happen at our first life, make it happen in the second. So it's better to just make it happen in your first life. And um, just, you know, if they read it, if they hear my struggles, at least it would be some type of, I guess, inspiration for them that sometimes we don't understand what we have and we take it for granted unless we see, we hear someone else's story that, you know, like, okay, she had nothing, he had nothing they still made all the dreams come true and uh, make a little bit of change in the world, in their country, for a woman, for a little girl. Why am I not able to do it? Why should I not do it? I better wake up and do it. Right, right. Wow. So you've written this book and is this, this is your first book, correct? Correct. Oh my gosh, I, I, I can't wait to, to read this. So, okay. Now, what is the name of your book? Uh, the name of the book is Open Skies. Oh, okay. I, I definitely get that. I definitely <laughs> get that. So where can everybody find your book? Um, so uh, my book is going to be published uh, July 6, um, 2021, and uh, it's going to be in Amazon, also in my website, which is nilofarrahmani.com. Um, they can uh, find uh, the website in Google, also in Amazon, in audiobook. Um, there is like a hard copy and also audiobook as well. And um, it's... Um, right now in Amazon for sure. Easy to find. So awesome. So awesome. So Thanks. I have one more question to ask you. Absolutely. What do you have to say to all, not only the little girls, but even the women that are saying, I might be able to do this, but I'm not sure. So my message for all those women, little girls that they hear me right now, I just want them to have a confidence on themselves. So the best thing for them is their confidence, because if as a human, we do not believe on ourselves, there's nothing for us uh, to make it happen. And um, never think that you can't do it. If you are the same person as a person that they just go to the Mars or they're astronaut, they're doctors, we are all created the same way. One person use of their life in a very good way. Another person, they have a lack of confidence and they just don't, don't want to make it happen. So I would just tell them, yes, there will be a failure. There will, will be some barriers on your way. Nothing is easy in life. We have to fight for it, but you should make it happen. Never, never think it's impossible because impossible itself explained to us that if you just separate the words, it says I am possible. 
So just believe on yourself, go forward, break all those barriers, all those glass walls, and make your dreams come true. Because one day when you're older, when you are um, at, at the age that you can't, because physically you're not strong, when you look back in your life and just be proud of yourself and tell yourself, wow, I did it. I don't think I have another dreams in life to make it happen. Even if I die now, so there's nothing in life. I, you know, just think about it and just be upset about it that I haven't done it. So take every moment in life and make it a gold moment for yourself and never ever take anything for granted in life because this life is so beautiful and try to enjoy every minute of it. Thank you. Wow. So guys, you heard her words. And if you missed anything she said, all of her information will be in the show notes. So of course, you won't miss a thing. But Nilufar, it has been amazing having you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank and you. Thank you. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your bravery. And thank you for following your dream. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you. And I'm very, very lucky to have a support of women like you and so many others in my life. And uh, I appreciate it. And I'm happy to see successful women uh, every day in my life, including yourself. And it's amazing. It just makes me happy. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed this as much as I did. Oh, my goodness. What an amazing journey. Check out her book. All of her information will be in the show notes so you won't miss a thing. But as always, guys, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and happy shopping. Hi, everyone. This is Mark from the Mark the Shark of MA Show. You are listening to CQP Moments.